ESPN Radio. It's ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80 and streaming on ESPN+. Plus. It's your boy Chris Canny rocking with Harry Douglas, wide receiver extraordinaire. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on the Twitter at ChrisCanny99 and at HDouglas83. And we always want to invite you to tap in in the conversation on the Canty call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And Harry, one of the biggest stories coming out of the weekend was what happened on Sunday afternoon in Madison, Wisconsin, following the blowout loss to the Wisconsin Badgers, Jawan Howard and head coach Greg Gard getting into it in the handshake line. And, of course, everybody was waiting to see what the fallout from that would be. And we have heard from the Big Ten, and we have heard from Michigan and their athletic director, Ward Manuel. The punishment for Jawan Howard ended up being $40,000 levied by the Big Ten. And then, of course, there was the five-game suspension, the, rec- the remainder of the regular season for Michigan. And then as far as Greg Gard is concerned, the Big Ten decided to punish him by fining him $10,000. I-, I know that we got to focus a lot on the Juwan Howard part of it because ultimately that's the uglier side of it. But I do think it- what happened with Greg Gard does warrant some degree of attention because – Athletic Director Chris McIntosh for Wisconsin said that he views the fine from the Big Ten as a Wisconsin fine and thereby is offering to pay for the fine against Greg Gard. And I got to tell you, I feel a way about that, seeing as how Greg Gard was the instigator when it came to the physical contact between the two coaches. Oh, I'll tell you this, Chris. I feel the same way because it's the simple fact that you have a guy like Greg Gard, and we talk about these coaches being role models, right? You can't just put Jawan Howard and pick and choose who wants to who you want to be role models and, and have certain uh, stipulations for. Greg Gard played his part in that entire altercation. If he never stops Jawan Howard and impedes his path, Jawan Howard probably walks by and it's never transpired. But I'll tell you this: Wisconsin coming out and saying that we're going to take care of that fine. You're basically enabling uh, Wisconsin their coaching staff. And sending the wrong message to the kids as well, right? That whole debacle is, is, is bad. And what did people get on? They got on Jawan Howard. What example are they setting for the kids? Uh, he can't do this. But at the same time, when you look at Greg Gard, you look at Wisconsin as well, what example are they setting for the kids? If, yeah. if, if, if one of these guys do something on their own, are you going to tell them, don't worry about it, young man. We're going to sweep it under the rug. We're going to take care of it for you. Sending the wrong message. No doubt about it. And it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. This is the full quote from Wisconsin Athletic Director Chris McIntosh. Needless to say, there is no place in college athletics for what happened in the end of Sunday's game. Neither Coach Guard nor his staff had any intent to provoke or incite any of what took place. I want to commend those on our staff and student-athletes who were trying to de-escalate the situation. Our staff has complete support. From us, as do our student-athletes, I consider the $10,000 fine from the Big Ten to be a Wisconsin fine and not a Greg Gard fine. Wisconsin Athletics will assume the responsibility for paying the fine. Here's where it gets tripped up for me, Harry. This is the part that gets a little sticky. The part where he said Greg Gard nor his staff had any intent to provoke or incite any of what took place 
on Sunday afternoon following the game. You might not have had the intent, but that's what took place. And a part of the disciplinary measure has to be levied as such. That That's the reality of it. The fallout from the actions from Greg Gard led to the sequence of events where Jawan Howard placed his finger in his face, where Jawan Howard slapped Joe Krabenhoff. All of those things happened where Terrence Williams and Diabate decided they were going to throw punches, not to mention Jacoby Neath as well. So all of those players got involved as a result of the physical escalation between the two head coaches, but it wasn't Jawan Howard who put hands on one of the Wisconsin coaches first. It was Greg Gard who put hands on one of the Michigan coaches. And so to absolve Greg Gard of any blame in that situation, to me it seems like gaslighting at its finest, gaslighting at an institutional level, and we know how those kind of things can go. And so you're right, I think in terms of sending the right message and upholding a standard of sportsmanship that we expect to see from two premier programs in the Big Ten, it's clear that Greg Gard and his coaching staff fell well short of the mark. We already know the obvious, which is Jawan Howard. He needs to be a better example. He needs to model better behavior for his players. But so does Greg Gard. And by Chris McIntosh, the AD for Wisconsin, not saying as much, I think that that sends the wrong message to the players and to student athletes within that program. Yeah, Chris, I also believe <clears throat> the assistant coach, Krabenhoff, being an assistant coach in that situation, when you're normally coming over to try to defuse things, normally trying to defuse things, your job is to de-escalate the situation. Yes. He escalated the situation. I'm going to take it a step further. You had a coach or whoever that was on their staff, a little short ball-headed guy, tussling on the side with one of the players for Michigan. And not only that, though, Chris, you had another guy on the coaching staff in the back doing the, the, the Triple H little deal. The diamond cutter yeah, gesture. Doing, yeah, doing yeah. the little Triple H thing. So, yeah. And then as the Michigan players are going off of the court, you have guards doing the stare down. So to say that they didn't play any part, uh, uh, have any measures in that whole debacle is ludicrous. It's outrageous. And I think it's, uh, I think it's immature for Wisconsin and their program and for them to come out and make those statements. Okay, let's take a listen to ESPN college basketball analyst Seth Greenberg on what he thought about the suspensions that were levied for Coach Juwan Howard and for Coach Greg Gard. I think it's correct. I think they got it right. You've got to set an example. There's a standard uh, as a coach, as a leader, of how you conduct your business. Uh, In terms of the players that got involved, that's mirroring basically behavior. They saw their coach take a swing at someone else, and then all of a sudden the melee began. Uh, It escalated the situation to the point where, look, you can't raise your hand. I mean, mean, absolutely an embarrassing act in terms of leadership, in terms of setting a standard, in terms of the type of behavior that we expect from our leaders. It's disappointing. That's Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. This is Harry Douglas and Chris Canning on ESPN Radio. And Harry, Seth is right in the fact that it is disappointing. But what I fail to understand about his position is how he doesn't acknowledge what Coach Greg Gard did. And in talking with him and hearing some of his commentary, he said the sheer stature of Greg Gard should be non-threatening when it comes to him in comparison to Juwan Howard. And I don't think that has any bearing on the situation whatsoever. If Jawan Howard is walking through the handshake line, he has the right to go where he's going, and Greg Gard does not have the right to impede his progress for whatever reason. He can want to explain why he did what he did at the end of the game, but you don't have the right to put your hands on somebody under any circumstances, and I think that's when the entire situation went left. Well, Chris, and it goes back to what I just said, right? 
we have people picking and choosing who we want to hold these standards to. Yeah. Right? Greg Gard played his part in this whole debacle, in this altercation that transpired between these two teams. Mm-hmm. He played his part. Now it's time for everybody else to hold them accountable. Yeah, we hold Jawan Howard account, uh, accountable for his actions, but everybody needs to be held accountable for for the part that they actually played in this altercation breaking loose. Yeah, and you know who else we got to hold accountable to? Because you mentioned that we hold Jawan Howard accountable for what he did. We also got to hold him accountable for the apology that he gave because I thought it was a little bit thin. So I, I've got to read the entirety of his statement because I think we have to dissect it. We have to call it both ways. But here's Jawan Howard's statement and his apology about the events that took place on Sunday afternoon. And I quote, After taking time to reflect on all that happened, I realized how unacceptable both my actions and words were and how they affected so many. I am truly sorry. I am offering my sincerest apology to my players and their families, my staff, my family, and the Michigan fans around the world, I would like to personally apologize to Wisconsin's assistant coach, Joe Krabenhoff, and his family, too. Lastly, I speak a lot about being a Michigan man and representing the University of Michigan with class and pride. I did not do that, nor did I set the right example in the right way for my student-athletes. I will learn from my mistake, and my mistake will never happen again. No excuses. Here's what I will say that I appreciate about his statement, HD. I like the fact that Jawan Howard, first and foremost, acknowledged how he let his players down because he fell short in that moment and he subjected his players to being in an environment where a brawl happened and that anybody could have gotten hurt. So that's first and foremost. So for him to acknowledge that, I thought it was big of him. But then to not acknowledge Greg Gard, the head coach of Wisconsin, and only acknowledge Joe Krabenhoff, the assistant coach that he slapped, I thought that missed a little bit on the mark. I, I thought there could have been a lot more contrition, a lot more remorse, for the scene that he contributed to, the scene that, you know, he escalated. And so, for me, the apology was a little bit thin. Even the fact that it's a statement and it's not him doing a press conference where people can see the remorse and contrition on his face, I thought that's something that could have been done better. And I thought the circumstances warranted it, given that he's trying to set an example, given that he's trying to embody what it means to be a Michigan man for all of his players and for the rest of the student-athletes affiliated with that program. So, if we're going to get out on Greg Gard and get out on athletic director Chris McIntosh from Wisconsin, we also got to get after Juwan Howard for this thin apology. Yeah, and I agree with everything you just said, but you can still see that friction between Juwan Howard and Gard is there um, in these two statements from Juwan Howard and then from the Wisconsin side. But I'll tell you this, the upsetting part about all of it, though, Chris, is that after the game, both of those guys trying to, to, to defend themselves versus making that apology – right after the game for both of their actions. That's how you know it's still some friction right there between these two guys, and we're going to see it down the line when these two teams play. Not between these two coaches, but I'm pretty sure if these two teams have to match up and play again, do they play again in the regular season? Uh, I do not believe they play again in the regular season, Okay, no. So if they happen to match up in the Big Ten tournament against one another, you best to believe that game is going to be watched by everybody in every media outlet. Yep, and and certainly this is going to be something that continues to be talked about because Michigan is right now one of Joe Lenardi's first four, last four in teams when it comes to the NCAA tournament. So they're right on the bubble, and they've got three ranked opponents in their final five games. So for more on that, we will bring in ESPN college basketball analyst Bob Valvano. But first, got to give you a word from Indeed. 
Finding talent can leave you feeling like you need some hidden talent to get it all done. Don't fret. That's why there's Indeed. Just sponsor a job and they'll search through millions of resumes on their site to show you candidates that fit your job description. When you find a candidate you'd like to speak with, Indeed's all-in on hiring platform helps you schedule virtual interviews and connect with applicants right from your employer dashboard. Hiring has never been more streamlined and simple. To learn more, visit Indeed.com slash credit. You hit another coach in the face. What kind of happens in between to make that happen? Well, basically, uh, you know, I addressed with uh, the head coach that uh, I will remember that because of that timeout. And right now we're going out to the hotline to bring on ESPN College basketball analyst Bob Valvano. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you for a few minutes of your time. And I got to get right to it. What did you think about the punishments levied by the Big Ten and by Michigan when it came to the two coaches involved in Sunday afternoon scrum? Well, Chris, Harry, good to get here with uh, get a chance to visit with both of you. I, you know, I it's obvious there had to be some punishment, and it, it's never going to satisfy everybody. So, uh, on the, you know, on the one hand, um, I didn't think that much about it one way or another, to be honest with you. And, and I would have been shocked if there weren't punishments. But the fact that there were wasn't the thing that really made my blood get ex- you know kind of really ra- raised my blood pressure. The thing that really struck me was I was flabbergasted how many people have come out and said, well, now we should do away with the handshake lines. That's I'll die on that hill. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. If we can't ask the leaders of our academic institutions, the guys who are well-paid to represent their universities, to be able to just get through a 30-second tradition with with some civility and decency and not threaten to beat each other up, we've set a pretty darn low bar for college sports. I'll tell you that. If we can't meet that bar, we got some serious – what the hell are we even doing with college sports? So I feel really strongly about that. And I really felt strongly about what you said all also, whenever I see a guy give a written apology after something like this, I don't even know if it's from him. Half the time, I wonder if somebody said, you know, he said, got, got somebody who does this for a living and said, hey, you know, put, some, put an apology together for me. And then, you know, he reads it or he doesn't even read it. They send it out. I couldn't agree with you more. I would have liked him to stand there and look everybody in the eye and say, if, if that's really true. Upon reflecting on this, I realized just how terrible a thing it was, what a terrible position I put the players in. The fact that he didn't apologize to the other coach struck me as completely unbelievable. I mean, it's over. Think about it. Just think about it. It's over a timeout. At the end of the game, I mean, that's what drove them nuts. That's what made both of them ready to go, go throw down. That's crazy. And if, if you can't keep your emotions in check over that, I, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. I'm sorry. I feel that strongly about it. You, you, that's a pretty low bar to have to clear. Bob, you see Greg Gard was fined, I believe, $10,000 for his part in ordeal in that whole altercation. Uh, Wisconsin has come out and said that that is a Wisconsin fine, and they will take care of that fine for him. How do you feel about that? I think it's a terrible example. They're setting for their, uh, you know, for their, for everybody. I mean, that's, a, I, I guess they really feel like they were wronged in this. And I, and I don't agree with that either. This, there's plenty of blame to go around. There's no question about that. I mean, Howard's is the most spectacular because you see this very big, still fit, uh, you know, a, a man reach over and try and strike another man. Of course, everybody goes, oh, my God, that's just awful. But the fact that the way it came down, I mean, I, Greg Gards, this, this isn't his first year in the business. It, if, if you really felt that 
you had to explain Jawan Howard what happened, that's not the time to do it. Then you say, then you call him in the office the next day. You know, whenever he's calmed down a little bit and say, Jawan, listen, I didn't mean to you know, do anything by that. My, you had, I had all my scr- my reserves on the floor, and you were pressing us, and I didn't want to let those kids get just get swallowed up. So I called time out, and then you know he may still be pissed off, but at least you you can't do that in a line. <laughs> like, so so he, then he put his hands on him to stop him when he was going to just give him the blow by, which I, you know. I don't like that either, but okay, that's his prerogative. And then at that moment, once you realize it's going to get ugly, your job is to try and get everybody from your side off the floor. And I didn't see anybody doing that from Wisconsin. We had people giving the chop, the crotch chop, all of a sudden WWE broke out. I mean, Triple what the hell is going on? And, uh, you know, and, and, and to, to look at that and see, uh, you know, people coming in from the outside that were, like, trying to get involved in it. No, Wisconsin isn't faultless. I think it's, you know, that, that'd be like, uh, you know, a kid cheating somehow, and, and instead of him having to pay the punishment in school, you take a reserve off the team. You know, he does something terrible. He flunks all his classes, so you throw the 13th man off the team. <laughs> you know, so that's, that's for Johnson because he didn't pass any of his classes. He wears the accountability. That's what you pay. You guys know this. Good Lord. Harry, I watched you play at Louisville all those years. I mean, it's accountability. It's accountability. If, if, they, if he did it, he should be accountable. He's getting millions of dollars, a $10,000 fine. Yeah, that's, you know, it's still some money. It should come out of his pocket. The fact that they're paying for it basically absolves him of any responsibility in the thing. I think that's ridiculous. Talking with ESPN College Basketball Analyst Bob Valvano on ESPN Radio. And, Bob, moving this thing forward for – Michigan, in looking at the remainder of their schedule in the regular season, they've got three ranked opponents. They've got five games left. In terms of the suspensions, the Jawan Howard suspension, but also with Terrence Williams and Musa Diabati, how does this impact their potential standing when it comes to trying to qualify for the NCAA tournament? Well, let's let's not, you know, again, I thought about that when I saw how frustrated Juwan was. I'm not trying to be, you know, pile on here, but they're one of the most underachieving teams when you look at it. Now, you can, I can, as I've always said, it doesn't necessarily mean it's them. It's the experts. But at the beginning of the year, you know, everybody was sky high on Michigan. They were talking about, you know, possible Big Ten championships. And now they're not, you know, I, Joe's got them, I guess, as his last four in. Uh, that's pretty close. I mean, uh, their resume is not exactly overwhelming to the point where you think they're going to be in the tournament. Now they're missing some good players. The good news is they have an experienced coach. Phil Martelli did many, many of his games at St. Joe. He's a fine coach. He's, uh, you know, he's a good basketball man. You know this, though, from being around athletes and being athletes yourselves. It's one of two things happens at a time like this. Everybody bands together and says, oh, yeah, well, you know, now we're really going to rally, and, and everybody puts in a little bit more, and, now, you know, all the, the cliches, next man up, 110%, all that, and they wind up playing very well. Or uh, a team that was really, really just kind of on the bubble to begin with really now gets knocked right in the, in the face and, and winds up having their season, uh, you know, taken out from underneath them. I, I, I would, if you're asking me to predict, I would not want to because, uh, I, I, you know, their margin for error was pretty small to begin with. And now this has got to upset them a little bit. So maybe in the short term, everybody rallies for a game or two. But uh, if, if you put a gun to my head and said, what do I think is going to happen? I, and it's not a knock because, as I told you, I think Phil, Mart- Phil Martelli's a terrific coach. But uh, I think it causes them uh, more harm than rallies them together to do some good. Bob, which is even more reason why Jawan Howard should be more remorseful when it came to the apology that he issued because he cost his players 
an opportunity yep. for them potentially to realize their full expectations. Bob, we appreciate a few moments of your time. We look forward to catching up with you again soon, buddy. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. All right. That's ESPN college basketball analyst Bob Valvano. And Harry, he sees it a lot the same way that we do, man. Listen, yep. there's, there's wrong on both sides here. I hate to both sides this thing. I don't like to do that, but you have to acknowledge that both coaches fell short of the standard that we would expect for college basketball coaches, men in their positions, especially amongst premier programs. So we'll leave it there for right now. But coming up next, does Aaron Rodgers' statement and comments make any more likely that he's going to stay in Green Bay? Harry and I will give you our perspective on it. This is ESPN Radio. Back after this. ESPN Radio. HD and CC on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Tap in on the candy calling line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Because Harry and I are trying to figure out where the hell Aaron Rodgers is going with his social media post that he had last night. A cryptic message that he put on Instagram in which he says, the gratitude is the wine for the soul. So go on and get drunk. And he goes on, Harry, to name a lot of people that were a part of his football journey. And then he goes on to thank his ex-fiance, Shailene Woodley, for having his back and being there for him through some tough times. And to me, when I read the Instagram post and then flipped through the pictures, it felt like somebody that was trying to process a whole range of emotions and getting to the bottle of a bottle of scotch while in the process of doing that. It definitely didn't make a whole lot of sense. It wasn't coherent. And so we were waiting to hear from Aaron Rodgers, who, of course, uses the Pat McAfee show to broadcast any late-breaking news that he has about himself and his plans for his football future. And, of course, we did get some cuts from Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show today talking about what that cryptic social media post last night actually meant. Here's Aaron Rodgers in his own words. Unless you've gone through certain experiences um, and had, you know, uh, frustration and 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 been near the bottom and then get near the top and understand the uh, the beauty in life and uh i think that's then you might say things about that that's a cryptic message i mean there's nothing cryptic about gratitude so when i come out my first thought is just intense gratitude for the people in my life and that's not every person in my life that i mentioned and, and there's other people to to highlight in the credit but that was just where I was at. I was going through some old pictures from the last year and felt an intense amount of gratitude uh, for the life that I have and for the lessons that I've learned and the growth that's happened over the last year and the people who've been a part of that uh, that journey. Here's the thing, Harry. <laughs> it is cryptic when you're talking about not taking a long time to make a decision on whether or not you're going to come back and play for the Green Bay Packers. We know that you said that you are sensitive to the football futures of other people as well as the organization and what they need to plan for moving forward, whether that's going to be with you or without you. Aaron Rodgers had a, as a $46.1 million cap hit for the Green Bay Packers this year, and you're talking about a team that has the third least amount of cap space in the National Football League. I want to say they're over the cap by $40 million bucks. And the start of the new league year is March 16th. So they got to find a way to get under that number. So whatever decision that Aaron Rodgers makes is going to affect a lot of people's futures in Green Bay. So that's why, to me, the social media post is cryptic when you talk about the gratitude and then go through a bunch of pictures with you and current and former teammates. That's the part about it that's hard to understand. And that's why I usually don't want to live in the space of trying to get into Aaron Rodgers' head. 
<laughs> That's the worst thing anyone could do is try to live in the space of getting in Aaron Rodgers' head. Now, I'll tell you this. The first thing I'll say this, Chris, is that I love Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers the player. But when it comes to things off the field, he is hard to, 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 to get into and hard to deal with. It's like, it's like that person. We all have these fetishes in our life, right? I don't care what anybody says. Each person has a fetish. Me, it's shoes. I love shoes. Don't matter how much they cost. Cost $12, $20, don't matter. $100, I'm going to buy them. Aaron Rodgers, his fetish is toying with people. For some reason, this man enjoys toying with people and leading people on to things uh, that he think is going to be the promised land or we think is going to be the promised land but ends up being something so simple. But he has to have attention. He has to control the narrative. That's Aaron Rodgers. And if I haven't learned anything within this last year and a half, that's one thing I know about Aaron Rodgers right now is that he loves the attention. He loves stringing people along. It's like you throw – Chris, you like fish. You go, you ever been fishing? Oh, of course I've you, been you fishing. Throw that, you throw that line out there. You let you put that little bait on there. Wait, wait for that fish to catch that bait. I went deep sea fishing this year in Alaska. And, boy, when that halibut took that took that bait, man, I was on there struggling, Chris, because I ain't big like you. I was struggling <laughs> to get that big boy up there. Aaron Rodgers, man, he, 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 he loves to give us that, that bait. And a lot of us, we take it. Now, I know you don't take it anymore because you over it. But a lot of people take that bait. Like, you know how many people tune into the Pat McAfee show today just to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to do with his future? Yeah. And nothing I, came out of it. Stop playing with people, A-Rod. Nobody got time for your kitty games. Yeah, I'm with you on everything that you just said, Harry, and talking about stringing people along. He's been stringing Green Bay Packers fans along for the last three years because that, that organization and that fan base thought they were on the precipice of getting a championship. And it seems like Aaron Rodgers has fallen short in all of those games, the back-to-back NFC Championship games, not to mention what happened in the divisional round when they had home field advantage against a team that doesn't trust their own quarterback to throw the ball in blizzard-like conditions. But I digress. Here's Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee Show talking about his relationship with the organization right now and where things stand with that front office. I wanted to have meetings with, uh, with Brian and uh, Ross and Matt uh, as well. And I would say the meetings were much different than they've been in the past in a positive way. And that there was some real honest conversations that I appreciate. And I mentioned that, you know, at at the end of the year, and I talked a little bit about it, uh, you know, in the post-MVP press conference. Okay, so they're in a good place. They're in a better place than they were last offseason. So why not just come out and say, I'm going to be a Green Bay Packer in 2022, Harry? That's what I don't get. If things are better, if they're going out and making decisions that you're comfortable with, if they've committed every single resource, willing to go over the cap, willing to create voidable years on your contract as well as other players that they would like to keep around to lower their cap burden this season – then why not commit to the organization? I just don't understand this guy in terms of his logic. If you're going to say that you're in a better place than you were with them last year in terms of the overall relationship, then that would seemingly lead us to believe that you're going to be back with the Green Bay Packers. No? Am I reading this wrong? No, you're not reading it wrong. But we all know, though, Chris, like when it comes to A-Rod, he likes to play these little games, games that not many people love playing, but for him – I'm telling you, I think it does something for him. And I don't know how in the hell he was able to compartmentalize doing these things through the season, going on the Pat McAfee show, having to explain certain things that he said um, that was interpreted by, by people, whether he say it was the wrong way or the right way. I don't know how he does it and still can go out there and perform at the level that he performs at. 
because it's too much for me. Hell, it gives me a headache sometimes. I don't know about you, but it gives me a migraine sometimes. What my goodie powder? I'm about to take my goodie powder in a minute. Yeah, Harry, I mean, players usually try to quiet all the noise yeah. down when the season comes around, yes. but it seems like Aaron Rodgers only wants to amplify that, and he uses the Pat McAfee show and other media outlets to do that. It's one of those things where he fans the flames of controversy when a lot of quarterbacks are supposed to be guys that stabilize the franchise, that quiet things down. But that's just, that narrative. Trying but to that just that, sh- that shows you the point of difference when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, but that also could give us some insight as to why this team falls short when it comes to winning and when that matters the most. So let's just leave that right there. Something to think about, something to process. We also got to think about what the best landing spot for Aaron Rodgers might be next season if he doesn't go back to the Green Bay Packers Tap in on the candy calling line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. We want to hear from you on where you think Aaron Rodgers will play next season. Jumpstart the new year with Body Armor Light, the low-calorie sports drink hydrating your active lifestyle. Shop now at retailers nationwide. Coming up, your calls on Aaron Rodgers and his future. Plus, amid talk of player boycotts, the NFL scouting combine amends the event's COVID-19 protocols and procedures. We'll have the latest from you coming out of the NFL with the combine scheduled in early March. You're listening to Harry Douglas, Chris Canny, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, streaming on ESPN+. Plus. It's your boy Chris Canny rocking with Harry Douglas. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on the Twitter, at HarryDouglas83, at ChrisCanny99. And, Harry, we'll get to the updates when it comes to the NFL's combine policy and the bubble environment that they tried to create. But first, we got to get to some of these calls on the candy calling line about Aaron Rodgers. Let's go out to Alice in Pittsburgh. Alice, you're on ESPN Radio. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I love listening to you guys. Thank um, you. One place I know that I know that, Pittsburgh, that Aaron Rodgers is not coming to Pittsburgh. He's been on Pat McAfee a few times, and the rumors about him and Tomlin, and I'm sure you saw that stupid video of those, those two eyeing each other on the field. But all the rumors about him coming to Pittsburgh, he, there's no way. I don't, we don't want him in Pittsburgh anyway, even if he would. And the Steelers will not give up the draft capital for him, first of all. Um, I can't see him coming to Pittsburgh. I don't know what you guys think, but the rumors on McAfee and um, all the, the talk about him and Tomlin, I think, has to stop already. Wow. So, Alice, even if it was a potential opportunity, if Aaron Rodgers would be willing to, you don't want him to come to Pittsburgh. <laughs> no. Well, we won't give up the draft capital for him. He's too expensive to take. He's got too much drama. Um, he's been playing games with, with everybody, and I don't think we, we've had enough drama with Antonio Brown and some other players in the past, and I think the drama's got to stop. Wow. Well, I appreciate it, Alice. Thanks for the call. And, Harry, Not too many fan bases will say, yeah, we don't want anything to do with an MVP quarterback. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is coming off of his fourth MVP season. The guy is still playing the game at a high level, and yet it seems like Pittsburgh is a quarterback away, and they don't want a quarterback that could potentially put them in championship contention. I've never heard that from a fan before, but that's a new perspective on me. Hey, I'll tell you this. I'm going to look at it from, 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 from the lens of Alice, right? Allie's mm. a lady. She don't like guys to play games. Okay. Aaron Rodgers is playing too many games. Alice says she's not with that game plan, so we don't want him in Pittsburgh. Now, Alice, I do have to tell you this. That's absurd. 
That's absurd. <laughs> because if Aaron Rodgers wants to come to Pittsburgh with the Steelers, you might want to welcome him with open arms. I'm just going to say, Alice, that's all I got to say to you. I'm just saying, Alice could be in Wonderland if Aaron Rodgers decides to come oh, to Pittsburgh yes. because that team is just a quarterback away when you consider what they have on the defensive side of the ball. They got to figure some things on their offensive line out. But with that receiving core, with Najee Harris in the backfield and then having that defense back healthy – that that could be something special. Let's go out to David in Pennsylvania. David, you're on ESPN Radio. Hey, guys, I love the show there. Um, I think, to be honest with you, I, I don't even think Aaron Rodgers knows where he wants to play. I don't think he has any clue. I don't think he's made up his mind. He's so egotistical. He's one of the weirdest guys I've ever seen, just the way he goes about his business. You know, this connection with Pat McAfee, who I think is a great broadcaster, but I think the bottom line is he, he's just trying to, you know, put out more drama. He's trying to get more attention. That's what this guy is. It's almost like an NBA thing with the free agency. It's crazy how this guy goes out and puts himself in front of everybody else. And what has this guy done in the playoffs? He's never come up big in the playoffs. It's like Greg Norman at the Masters. I mean, he's never really (laughs) shown that he's a big-game player in the big moments. So I'll take your thoughts, man, and uh, you guys have a good night. No, Dave, you're absolutely right. It's been a while since we've seen Aaron Rodgers do his thing in the playoffs. you got to go back to that 2010 run when they won a championship down at AT AT&T Stadium. please don't bring that that up. I'm sorry, Harry, i got to do it. But that's the last time we saw peak Rodgers in the playoffs, and now the word or the knock on him is when the lights are the brightest, when the game matters the most, the guy doesn't deliver. I mean, you had back-to-back NFC championship games, one on the road, one in Green Bay. You lost both of them. One of them wasn't even competitive, the game against San Francisco where Jimmy Garoppolo throws eight passes, and then you turn around a couple of years later and you lose to Jimmy Garoppolo in a situation where clearly Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust his quarterback. They didn't score an offensive touchdown, and you lost that game. You're supposed to be a generational talent, and yet it's not happening for you. So, to me, this is one of those situations, the way that Aaron Rodgers handles this with Green Bay – could go a long ways to determining what his actual legacy will be because we know he's one of those guys that wants to be in the GOAT conversation. Well, you don't get in that conversation. You don't get into that GOAT talk until you have multiple rings. And you're talking about guys like Joe Montana. You're talking about Tom Brady. You're talking about the Peyton Mannings of the world. Hell, even if you want to throw in John Elway, you got multiple rings to be able to get into that GOAT conversation. Aaron Rodgers ain't there yet, bro. Chris, I'll tell you this. You look at Aaron Rodgers in that divisional round game against the San Francisco 49ers, and to me, I would even go as far as saying he looked a lot like these young quarterbacks, the bad end of the young quarterbacks, right? Not taking their check downs, not throwing the ball to the flat when he's supposed to, getting the football to where it needs to be uh, to have success for his offense. And you think about all those uh, NFC Championship games that he's been to. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers has the weight right now to even be playing with anybody because he doesn't have any hardware to show for those two MVPs that he just got back-to-back. Well, I think Aaron Rodgers has to answer a difficult question, which is what's the best place for me to compete for a championship? And if I don't see a landing spot that makes a lot of sense in that way, then I might decide to hang it up. But we'll have more on Aaron Rodgers and how his future impacts the Packers and what they do with Devontae Adams, Harry Douglas, Chris Canney, ESPN Radio.